Tanya for the 8th of Nisan, but first the story. There was a merchant who was a deep opposition of the Baal Shem Tov. And he didn't like the fact that there was a person that could do, that could have that visions and able to do miracles. And he was very outspokenly against the Baal Shem Tov. And at some point, his son, who, who was in his same business with him, his son would do traveling. His son hadn't returned home after many weeks. And his wife insisted that he needs to go and find and find help. Go to the Bashantov and get the Bashantov's advice. And he put up a whole fight because he said, I've been telling everyone that I don't believe in people that do miracles. I don't believe in the Bashantov. At some point, weeks went by and he started. They didn't hear a single word from their son. They had no idea where, where he was. The trip should have taken a lot shorter. And so they, he decided he has nothing left to lose. Um, and he made the travel to the Bashamtiv. And he comes to the Bashamtiv and tells the Bashamtiv, my son was supposed to be back after four weeks. It's already 10 weeks. My wife says, I should, I suggest, uh, she suggests I come here to get your advice. What do you suggest? So Bashamtiv, took a, a, a Zaya, opened up a Zaya, and he looked inside, and he was looking here and there through the Zaya, and then he turns back to the merchant and says, your son's on his way back home. He's going to arrive in a particular village nearby by Shabbos. He's well, don't worry. And the ma- the merchant went back home, but he was very, very skeptical. He kept thinking, the Boshanta looked into the Zaya, and he has the answer. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't buying the entire story. And so he decided, you know what? Let me let me just check for myself. So he said he told his his wagon driver, I want you to travel to that particular town, wait there till Friday and see if my son shows up. So the, the wagon driver goes. He goes to he goes to that particular town, he waits there Friday, he comes back and tells them, Your son isn't there yet. And they're the, they're absolutely beside themselves with worry. And he, meanwhile, he had fresh doubts about the Baal Tov all over again. They spend Shabbos very anxious, and Mata Shabbos, suddenly the sun shows up. And he tells them, my wagon kept on breaking down, and basically he arrived very, very late. And this man now realizes, wait a second, I'd been doubting the Baal Tov, the Baal Tov had been right all along. My, my son was on his way back, and he had arrived in that village for Shabbos. And I, meanwhile, been I had doubted him. So he turned he turns himself back around and travels to the medicine bush to the Boshamtov. And when the Boshamtov heard this man's confession, he said like this: He said, "By looking into the Zoya, I was able to see what was happening." He said, "When the Adam was created, there was a light, and this light enabled Adam to see from one world of the." world to the next side of the world. This light was created on the first day of creation, and Hashem took this light and hid it for tzaddikim to use through through Torah. I was able to use this light to be able to see through the entire universe, including to see where exactly where your son was. So far in the Tanya, we're talking about the power of doing a mitzvah with love and fear over doing it regular. Additionally, what's going to be important, another topic we've been talking about, what's going to be very important for today's context, is the different levels of where Torah comes from. That some sections, Zoya, for example, comes from Atsilos, Mikra, and um, Mishnah, and Gemara, and Halacha, all come from different locations in the different four, the four, the different four worlds. And when we involve ourselves in Torah, or we do mitzvahs with Kavan, without Kavan, it impacts the location of where that, where the Malachim bring that 
mitzvah or that Torah and what where we're able to then after 120 years receive reward back from the mitzvah because as we as we mentioned before as the mission itself mentions high mitzvah mitzvah that through doing a, a mitzvah the reward for that itself is the radiation that shines back on us from that mitzvah itself until now we had um we did have imagery to, to explain the difference between doing a mitzvah regular and doing a mitzvah with kavana. One of the imagery, a very rather shocking imagery that comes from the Shalah, comes from Tzayil um, Dech, a whole bunch of different sources that the Alter Rebbe doesn't quote, but we know that this is what Alter Rebbe got it from, is a mitzvah with intention is like a body with a soul, and a mitzvah without intention is a body without a soul. Now the Alter Rebbe is giving, giving us a fresh Fresh imagery, and another example that, that really drives home the point of what a mitzvah with kavana is like, what a mitzvah without kavana is like. And he says like this, One, the most, char- uh, the, the strongest characteristic, maybe correctly or incorrectly so, but this is the, the actuality. When people look at a bird, what characteristic do they talk about the most? The flight. The fact that a bird is able to fly. The funny thing about it all is that the wings of a bird are not its entire identity. In fact, you could take wings off a bird and it would still exist or still live. It's not, it's not a life-threatening feature of the bird, and yet that's you know, it's it's crowning glory. And in, even in halacha, there's a rule like this: if a person harms an animal in such a way that it would die. But it hasn't yet died, and then quickly you grab the animal, you do shechita on it, you slaughter it according to halacha, and then you say, "Well, now I want to eat the animal." The answer is, it's not, it's not good. If that animal couldn't have survived a certain period of time, and halacha delineates exactly how it works, then that animal isn't kosher, even if you killed it before it died on its own. But what's interesting is now this is what this is what. Um, what was were inside now? So he could not like the Mishnah says, "Nitlu agapeha kasheo." But if a person, for example, took the wings off a bird, that bird, and then did slaughtering on that bird, that bird is kosher because the wings of the bird, though it's a crowning feature of the bird, it's maybe the strongest identification of a bird. Nonetheless, a bird is viable without the wings. The main part of a bird is the head and the body. If it was minus, if it was minus the head and the body, then the bird has a problem. But minus the wings, the bird still is a creature that's alive. It can't fly, which is very tragic for the bird. But at the same time, it's it's a it's a creature that could live many years. Says Alter, this is a perfect analogy for. Doing a mitzvah and doing a mitzvah with intention, with love and fear towards God. When a person does a mitzvah, they're connecting to the will of God. That's that is the most powerful. It's a viable, incredible moment connected to God. It's it's real and it's and it's alive. But the love and the fear, which are the wings, but what happens is the love and the fear take the take the mitzvah, take that moment to, to places it could have never gone on its own, like exactly like a bird. A bird's able to walk around on the ground without wings. But if it wants to fly and fly high in the air, it needs to have its wings. 
A mitzvah is powerful, and a mitzvah it, it's not it's not going to be diminished that connection because of because of a lack of love and fear. But at the same time, you can't compare a bird that flies to a bird that doesn't. When a person does a mitzvah with love and fear, it brings it a whole new level. That's the tanya. Now, there's going to be a note. The note is is quite kabbalistic in in, in nature, which is beyond the scope of this year. But I'll go through it quickly, and we'll try to get something out of it. Oh yeah, So we spoke about. That doing a mitzvah with love and fear brings the mitzvah to the world of Yitzira Abriya. And like we learned earlier on, we're talking about the inside of the, the world of Briya and Atzir because love and fear have the ability to bring Lifnei Hashem in front of God, which is the Yitzviras. Now, Torah adds on, it says also the world of Asiya. Asiya is this world. Now, we're in the physical element of Asiya, and there's many, many elements within the spiritual elements of within us here thousands trillions and trillions and trillions of of levels and inside of all of that is a base amigdash is a is the 10 spheres location inside that which is as we mentioned connected to yitzira the 10 spheres of yitzira which in turn is a, connected to the 10 spheres of bria which in turn is connected to the 10 levels of atzillus which in turn is connected to unlimited energy of god but in the altar is actual um, text Al just mentions the second and third Yitzira and Briands in Tira. Now Al Terba is uh, clarifying Asiya as well. And Asiya is all about this world is all about action. S- the spiritual levels of this of the world, the fourth world, the world of Asiya, is also connected to actions. Which is a place of the of the practical mitzvahs, and it's also the location of the Torah. The Torah and like we, I gave like the quick introduction I gave in the beginning, all the the different sections of the Torah come from different worlds. The Torah, the actual Torah, as we read it, it comes from the fourth world. Mishnah comes from the second world, third world. I apologize from the third world of Yitzira, and Talmud comes from the second world from Bria. Now the author said the author makes it clear. Now before the author makes it clear, it's the obvious question is wait a second. The Torah, the five books of the Torah, is the holiest spot. That's like the the the, the basics of everything. Well, how can we say that the that the actual Torah the five books of the Torah, that comes from the fourth world, the sword of a seal. It's been made clear already in the Tanya that each world is a massive, massive drop-off in spirituality and intensity from the higher world. So Atzillus is so much closer to God. Eitzel, literally close to God. The Bria is so much as a massive tzimtzum, the massive contraction of godly energy between the first and the second world and the second and the third world and the fourth. It keeps on getting lower. If we're saying that the actual Torah itself comes from the fourth world, we'll hold up. That kind of breaks down so much of what we assume that, you know, Gemara is a lot less spiritual, a lot less holy than the actual book of the Torah itself. And the the ultimate now is making it clear in this note, which again is a lot more complicated than I'm letting on, that when we say that the Torah is from the highest world, the lowest world, what we mean is that it's from the highest world. It's from the world of Atzillus. All Torah comes from the highest world. But now Torah has this incredible ability, like water, to flow downwards. And that flow downwards, when in the five books of the Torah, it flows downwards seamlessly throughout all the worlds. So from Atzillus to Bria, Yitzirah, and Asiya. So when we say Torah is from the world of Asiya, the fourth world, we mean that it's, it has this unique ability not just to stay in its high location. Of course it comes from the high location of Atzillus, but it continues to flow downwards, enabling, enabling itself to become 
intertwined with the fourth world as well. When we're talking about Mishnah, we talk about that it has the ability to, to go not as low, but it starts off in the world of Atzillus, and it makes this world a little bit lower. And Gemara, a little less lower. So, of its lowness, less than Mishnah. The point is, each when we say that they have a location in the fourth world, or the third world, or the second world, we're not talking about that that's where their location is, and they're way weaker than the highest world. No. All Torah comes from the highest world, especially the actual five books of the Torah, the books that Moshe brought down. But it Moshe's ability to bring the Torah down meant that Moshe brought it all the way down. It went didn't just stay in the highest world, but it came down to the second world, and the third world, and then even to the fourth world, the physical part of this fourth world, the Torah managed to ingrain itself into that. But that's not all the sections of the Torah. The Torah finishes off today's note, the final idea of today. Of a Kabbalah like it's written in Kabbalah, the Kabbalah itself doesn't have that element. It, it retains its Attilus element. It, it's Attilus, it's in the highest world, and it stays still kind of detached from the other worlds because it's, it's, it's finesse, it's fineness, it's brilliance is just underlineable, if that's a real word. So Kabbalah actually stays in the world of Attilus and doesn't travel down through Briyatia like the rest of the Torah does. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya Tanya Salinish with Shanabi of Hanimishan Michel and Salpans of Hasarbitis of Mudeo, Kambanyan, Fushim for Men of Chasias, Debatar, Minisham and Sarkel, Hamish Kabaka, very lovely to live on the Lena, but Lot, Elizabeth Lane, and anyone else needs to Fushlem. Have a wonderful and very successful week, and thank you so much for joining.